Welcome to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast, the show for anyone wanting to be on the cutting edge of SaaS tech sales. We provide the tools you need to take advantage of the rapidly changing sales environment. We bring you the leading experts on the front lines of SaaS sales and distill down our famous masterclasses into bite-sized practical tips. Your hosts will be Ash Ali and Matt Milligan. And on this podcast, we'll be helping you transform your ability to sell more so you can smash your targets. Hey everyone, and welcome to the 17th episode of our SaaS Interview Expert series. I hope you're really well. The following is an extract from Matt Milligan's conversation with Emmanuel Froenlob. Emmanuel is the CEO of Message.ai, a powerful digital tool for salespeople that he built, as you'll soon hear, out of a passion for the profession. Emmanuel's enthusiasm for the sales process is infectious. And today, he shares all he's learned as well as his predictions for the industry's future. So without further ado, here are Matt Milligan and Emmanuel Froenlob. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast. For those listening to this in the future, it is the 15th of June, 2021. Thrilled to be joined on today's show by Emmanuel from Message AI. Emmanuel and I were just talking about the shifting landscape in Europe, and COVID is improving in certain parts of the world. It seems to be getting worse in others. Very interesting time for all sales professionals at the moment. I'm really looking forward on today's show to be diving into some topics with a sales industry veteran. Emmanuel has sold products and services of various shapes and sizes. And for those who listen to the show regularly will know that my background before sales was actually golf. And Emmanuel and I were connecting over the fact that Emmanuel used to head up sales for TrackMan, which for golf listeners out there is an amazing piece of technology that's totally transformed the way a lot of us think about improving our golf game. Emmanuel, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. For those listening to this, I can't wait to hear more about your story today. But for those hearing from you for the first time, tell us a little bit about your story. You know, what is your current role and how did you get there? I mean, what's the journey look like so far? So Matt, thank you very much for that super intro. It's quite funny when you say golf and TrackMan, right? Because just for those listeners here who don't know TrackMan, TrackMan is basically a tool that tracks the golf club and the golf ball all the way until the ball lands. So it's basically providing you data-driven insights to something that was beforehand not measurable, right? So in the old days, when you thought about playing golf, You know, you had swing thoughts and you had teachers that told you what to do and how to move. And I'm sure, Matt, you had, I don't know, 15 thoughts or 20 thoughts in your head when you were hitting a shot. And now what TrackMan allowed, it brought data and insights to what's actually happening. And that makes it so much easier, right? If you understand what's really happening, you have the databases to make proper decisions and to build a mental model of how things work out, how the physics works. I'm a strong believer in data-driven processes in principle, and the same applies for sales. So I believe that data is very important for sales, and I'm a strong supporter of everything that brings insights to what was perceived in the old days as an art, right? In the old days, sales was perceived as an art. You either have it or you don't have it. Now, I think the good news is for everyone out there in sales that it's also science and you can learn and you can get better, right? And so that's what Message AI is doing. Just to answer the first question you had around, you know, introduction of myself. I'm based in Austria. You probably have heard that already from my accent. So I'm not British or American, but Message AI is based in London and we are a very fast growing startup. We are VC backed and we are building software 
that helps salespeople to turn cold outreach into warm conversations. And we are doing this by automating big parts of the entire outbound process. Amazing. It's an incredibly hot topic right now for so many of the clients that we work with here at UHubs as well. You founded this business, Emmanuel, during a global pandemic. You've raised money, you've started building the team, you've onboarded your first clients. And, you know, they say timing is everything in business. And it feels like the timing for a solution like Message AI is pretty much spot on. I mean, the market, as we're seeing it right now, there's so much noise. It's becoming increasingly hard for salespeople to differentiate themselves when they're reaching out to prospects. Where did the idea come from? And talk us through the kind of genesis of the business. Looking at the latest HubSpot statistics, the number of outbound emails increased by 72% in the pandemic. The response rates declined by over 20%, around 25%. So it's exactly as you say, right? People are bombarding prospects with emails. Unfortunately, the quality is not going up of those emails, it's rather going down. My motivation to build Message AI was really that I love sales. I think sales is the best profession out there, right? You can help customers uncover problems. You can help them solve them. You can add value in every step. You learn a lot about different industries. It's an amazing, amazing job. But there is a sort of a wrong perception about what sales means in many areas. Over the 25 years that I've been in sales, I've probably hired over 100 salespeople and, of course, trained many of them. And I always hear about this perception around selling is, you know, to talk and to be outgoing and to position your product and, you know, and to close deals, you know, ABC, always be closing that kind of model. I always had a different approach. My approach was always not pushing, but pulling, right? Not pushing something out, but pulling customers in, adding value asking questions, listening more, focusing on the customer problems. And I saw this sort of wrong perception that was frustrating me. And I thought, how can we help actually salespeople that have a lot to say, a lot of insights that can actually help their customers? How can we unleash that potential? The first friction point is how do you actually get in touch with a potential customer? That's the first point, and that's where we are starting. What we are doing is we are helping salespeople to find the right time for the outreach and then to write the perfect message at that point in time. And then things become much easier than if you're having a spray and pray approach where you just, you know, bombard thousands of customers every month with sort of irrelevant messaging. And so that's the problem space we're addressing. To take it back to the golf analogy, it sounds like there's an amazing opportunity here for the business, Emmanuel, to essentially be like a caddy to salespeople, you know, telling you which club to hit at which moment. The alternative today is that salespeople have to try and develop copywriting skills on the go. You know, many salespeople come into sales without a marketing background, but now, you know, we're expected to write killer copy and emails that stand out. What have you seen change in the last 12 months? I mean, you mentioned some of those HubSpot stats there, which are just eye-opening and not surprising at the same time. But how have you seen sales teams respond to this challenge of increasing noise in the market and having to improve skills like copywriting as you progress through your sales career? I think what SDRs, BDRs, salespeople are required to do in their job is almost impossible, right? If you think about you're an SDR, you're 27 years old, it's your second job, you come into this company, 
you're required to research you know your target industry you're required to understand your product well enough to position it you're required to be a great copywriter you should be also great on the calls and by the way you should work hard because you have to fulfill certain kpis and then on top of that of course you need to be a data analyst because you need to understand all the kpis it's just impossible and i think on top of that then you get the problems during the covid where people then go fully remote and then you lose this possibility of work in a team of learning from more experienced people now the average tenor in a job of an sdr is one year and three months right so there's very very high turnover on average you will need two to three months to be trained on the job so you come in you get some training and then you are out again relatively quickly so this is a very tough environment to be in there is also lots of positives by the way because there's two things first i think people who are used to sell remotely which sdrs are will have a big advantage going forward because remote selling is here to stay and that's one of the lessons from covid i think it's more difficult for field sales reps right in the old days they were traveling around now they suddenly have to learn how it is to sell remotely customers are not expecting you anymore to be on their side all the time or in the sales process i would even say they even don't want you to be there because for them it's also more efficient i think that's a great advantage for sdrs the other topic is around that other industries traditional industries are also moving to subscription models right if you think about airlines engines cars also cosmetics and other areas of traditional industries they're all now moving into subscription models so if you are a sales leader or an sdr in a saas business you have all the tool set right that they will need in the future and so i think being in this industry even if it's very tough in those times and high pressure uh, it gives you a fantastic foundation to go into other industries and then you know make your career there and bring this sort of land and expand approach to more traditional industries that are not so advanced on the sales tech front on the sales approach than the b2b saas industry so there's challenges and opportunities yeah absolutely it feels like quite a defining moment in sales as an industry i mean you've been in sales for most of your career emmanuel i mean have you seen a moment like this i mean my co-founder ash has been in marketing for 25 years. He says he's seeing similar trends in sales today that he saw in marketing 5 to 10 years ago with the modernization of sales, the shift from the art to the data or sales cyborg approach as we sometimes hear it called. I mean, have you seen a moment in time in sales like this before and where do you see things kind of heading from here? You mentioned that data-driven approach being so important. I started computer science so like many sales people I came from a different industry right so if you look at the sales teams nowadays they all come from different backgrounds because there's no formal education really around sales which is maybe one of the root causes why sales is a little bit lagging behind to other professions I was lucky enough to start working at IBM and IBM was at the forefront of modern work processes so from the first day at IBM I basically had a home office we are talking early 1990s right so i never really had only this pure office environment 
And so I saw this sort of focus on processes that you need if you go in a home office that we also now see as more people go into completely distributed teams, right? Asynchronous communication is key. Clear processes is key. Defining the meaning of words is key, right? Being just a very explicit in communication is very important. Now, what you said around, you know, sales being a little bit behind marketing, that's really a driving force as well for my motivation. It's surprising how little data insights are still available to sales leaders. Now, of course, they have lots of data around quantitative stuff, like, you know, what is the lead to SQL time? What is the pipeline velocity? A number of calls, number of outbound emails. But when you ask them, you know, do you know actually which messaging resonates best with your different target personas? Blank. Right. There is very little insight of understanding when, how to communicate with your buyer personas. There's very little insight of understanding how your sales team is actually communicating. You brought this comparison marketing and sales. Now, let's compare how a message is created in marketing and how it's done in sales. So you get a website visitor in, you put them on a campaign and you start very carefully drafted, curated messaging where sales, marketing, product works together to make it perfect and then goes out to 10,000 people, right? And then you do A-B testing on every element to learn what resonates and what doesn't. If you then look into sales, when you look into, let's say, into an inbound team, they get a sales lead, a marketing qualified lead over, and suddenly all the transparency is gone because the salesperson is communicating individually with that prospect. The sales leader has no insight of what is said. You know, is it overpromising? What sales method are they using? Are they using references? Which references are they using? ROI selling or challenger selling? Uh, you can train them, of course, but you never have this insight of what they're actually talking about. And that's something we want to bring. We want to bring this insight that is already standard in marketing since many years to the sales profession, plus the data around what messaging works for your different target personas. It's really interesting. And as you were speaking there, Emmanuel, about sales leaders have access to so much quantitative data for sure, but we quite often talk about the difference between leading and lagging data. You know, yes, okay, your Salesforce, your CRM has a bunch of hard metrics in there, but so much of that tends to be lagging. You know, it's about the previous quarter, it's about the previous month, which has already happened. It seems to be an increasing problem for sales leaders and sales managers to be really clear on what the rich leading indicators are for future success. You gave the example there around, you know, messaging. Well, if we use more messaging like this, it's going to drive conversion rates up by X. You know, that's useful leading data. You can actually plan and forecast off the back of that. It's a problem that we at UHubs have also set out to solve. You know, you mentioned that the quantitative data, yes, but actually what about the qualitative data behind the reps? You know, where are the strengths and weaknesses of the reps? How can we double down on certain strengths, such varied backgrounds of sales teams? This outbound challenge we're seeing across the board right now is really where most of the sales leaders' attention seems to be headed. And it always has been the case, you know, for the last five years, in my experience, top of funnel. How do we book more discos? How do we improve open rates? Looking ahead to the future, Emmanuel, I mean, what are you seeing as some of the other key challenges for sales leaders and sales teams as we head throughout 2021 and beyond? We've touched on a couple of topics there around lagging data, quantitative data and outbound open rates and response rates. What are some of the other challenges with the clients that you're working with message that you see are going to be kind of key challenges moving forwards? I think the current model is not sustainable. 
I don't believe that a model where you bring in as a sales leader, you bring in SDRs that will stay with you in some cases, nine months and then leaving again, this is not sustainable. And one has to think about the root causes and what you guys at UHubs do is amazing because you look at the sort of educational requirements, the social requirements, you look at sort of the qualities and the competences and also the shortcomings of the team. And I feel this is super important. At the end of the day, if you look at the job of an SDR, they're under very high pressure to achieve their KPIs. They have very little support in terms of an integrated tool stack. So what they are doing is they are manually researching prospects. They are forced to write, you know, lots of emails with questionable quality of messaging because the tool set is not supporting high quality messaging. That then leads to a low quality of disco calls, unsatisfied account executives, low win rates, which then increases the pressure again on the SDRs and BDRs to bring in more deals. And that's a vicious cycle and that needs to be solved. And I think one of the biggest challenges for the future is to get an integrated sales tech stack. It's a joke that today you have to, you know, find lists on Crunchbase. If let's say a funding round is a key trigger for you, you have to import trigger events there and then manually put them somewhere in your sales engagement tool and then sort of find there the prospects, do some research on the side and so on. It's a joke that this is all manual in 2021. That should be fully automated. And that's what we are building at Message AI. And let me just say one more thing. I think the mental health also, the psychological component of SDRs, BDRs, account executive is super important. And if you look at the work that some people like Oli Sharp from Salesloft are doing, it's amazing. Focusing on providing SDRs with a safe environment where they can really strive and giving them also the tool set to allow them to have enough time to focus on the work is really important. And I think this challenge around finding and integrating and building an integrating tool stack and an integrated process will hopefully help that the average tenor of an SDR becomes longer. The investment in SDRs pays off in the longer term and the whole climate in the organization becomes more focused on value creation and less on hitting some quantitative KPIs. I love that. There's some really powerful themes there. I mean, just to unbundle those a little bit, you mentioned there around the unsustainability of where we're headed as a sales industry. We're seeing a lot of talk from the investor community now around like product-led growth. And I guess fundamentally what that comes down to is unit economics. And, you know, if your margins are getting squeezed so much by the sheer volume of SDRs that you're having to hire, it really is not a sustainable model. And the path to profitability for many SaaS businesses is going to be a long road. I guess what I got from your points there is if you get the tech stack right, if you enable your reps in the right way with the right technologies and the right support, you don't need to go out and build such a massive SDR function. You can reduce costs, you can make them more efficient and more effective, right? Do you see a future with kind of leaner sales functions with you know less heads in place, but much more productive reps because the tooling that they have at their disposal is just allowing them to up their productivity so much? I'm not sure if it will be smaller because at the end of the day, you mentioned unit economics, right? And then it's around lifetime values versus acquisition costs. So if you manage to, let's say you can reduce your SDR team, which would reduce your customer acquisition cost, 
then you would spend that money again to just bring in more deals because you want to have the ratio imbalance. So maybe I'm really hoping for, I'm quite sure, is that you know, we'll move resources, human resources, to value-adding activities. And we will use AI and automation in those parts where it's mechanical, right? And you mentioned the rise of product like growth. And of course, we are seeing that not only in the low price product segment, right? I mean, of course, that was the starting point when you can't afford a sales team. Of course, you start product led. But you see it now, you know, going upwards, right? Think about HubSpot. HubSpot is not cheap. <laughs> They're product led, basically. Of course, they have sales teams to accelerate the adoption. Same goes for Slack. But I think what product led means is that there will be new trigger events that are important for outbound sales teams. Let's say if you have a product-led model and your product is now used by 10 people in a big corporate like IBM, this is an internal trigger that you should monitor then to reach out to the sales leader at IBM to accelerate the adoption process, right? We see product-led growth going into higher price segments. We'll see new trigger events and we'll see SDRs, BDRs, shifting more to value-add activities, having better discovery calls, having discovery calls that are focused on the benefits of the customers and not forcing customers through gates, you know, where they have to qualify to buy the product. That should be done upfront. And then the discovery call is already adding value to the customer. So I think that's the shift where we hope to be a part of it by automating that first outbound part, automating the research part, integrating with triggers and then allowing SDRs, BDRs to focus more time on creating value. It sounds like a future that I'm definitely bought into. You mentioned as well there the challenge around the well-being of sales reps. And this is a topic that has just exploded really in the last 12 months. You mentioned Oli at Sales Loft there. We're actually running a round table with Oli as one of the participants in that tomorrow talking about some of these topics and you know remote sales cultures vastly different to office based the impact for a lot of junior salespeople who have gone from selling in a vibrant office environment with you know, the motivation of the team around you high fives when you're booking meetings to now actually selling from quite often a bedroom in a small inner city flat the impacts have been you know really big in terms of mental health and it feels again like sales is now starting to become more aware of mental health as a really important factor in building a successful sales team i mean what are you seeing in terms of the market you mentioned ollie and the great work that he's doing at sales loft what are some of the things that you've seen work really well to kind of support teams throughout their sales career from an organizational viewpoint there is this shift towards creating so-called pots in sales teams. So you're moving away from a pure line management function where you have a head of new business where the SDRs are reporting in, and then you have the sales manager where sort of the account managers are reporting in or the account executives, and then that goes all up together at the VP of sales, and then you have some sort of sales ops next to it. I feel like that the creation of pots between account executive and SDRs is a very powerful tool to create small interlocked teams to bring them closer together, maybe through a dotted line or just as a virtual team. For most SDRs and BDRs, the next career step is to become an AE. They get to work together. The AE usually has more experience and can give them some safety and some support. So I think that's interesting from an organizational perspective. From a 
what you mentioned about you know having to work from home and not everybody has the ideal environment at home i think there's lots of new businesses coming out now that follow the vision of the 15 minute city meaning you have an office within 15 minutes everywhere you live basically and so one of our antler companies is called flow space they're building you know those like a shared working environments which are not city center but distributed right a little bit on the outskirts which will allow sdrs to find you know a working environment where they can strive in now the positive side for sdrs is that in the future there will be a choice where you want to work especially if you look at different personalities in sales you also have introverts that are highly successful because they have the skill of listening now those guys usually don't strive in a vibrant office environment all the time they need some downtime they need some thinking time now in the future if the management the leadership is smart they will allow for the flexibility depending on what the SDR BDI account executives need to perform best and i think that's just a very nice vision that everybody gets what they need in order to perform best yeah i love that if you think about it the companies that we've seen in the last 6 to 12 months emmanuel who have really excelled and raised vast amounts of money and really kicked on during this period they are the ones that are being incredibly proactive about enabling their reps and supporting them in their roles with the right technologies initiatives and working location is just one of those i think there's a lot of work for leaders to do in the next 6 months when it comes to figuring out their office setup and maybe one of the biggest privileges i have in hosting this show is that i get to hang out with amazingly experienced sales leaders like yourself i mean looking back over your career there was some kind of key highlights or key pieces of advice that have really stuck with you that you'd like to share what would your philosophy be for emerging sales professionals who want to eventually become sales leaders are there any golden nuggets of advice you'd like to share with the audience i think the first one is to have your personal philosophy know what's important for you know what values are important to you how do you want to live how do you want to work where are your barriers where are your red lines that you don't want to cross so know yourself know what you want out of life i know it's difficult but think about that it is just the basis of everything and then the other thing which not everybody likes to hear but you know goal setting as an sdr or as a sales leader is only one part of the puzzle it gives direction it aligns teams but i'm a strong believer in the compounding effect so small little improvements every day so find something you can improve every day if you would have invested over the last 30 years on the stock market 400 pounds a month you would be a millionaire if you put it you know under your pillow you have 140k right so that's the compounding effect because it builds on what you've learned in the past it's like interest right on your learning and if you want to go into that there's a great book called the power of habit I would recommend that to everyone who is thinking about, you know, how to improve as a professional, as a human being. It's little steps, but every day. I think it was Einstein who said that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. I'm actually reading at the moment Naval Ravikant, who was the founder of AngelList. There's a, a book that actually wasn't written by Naval; it was written for him. I'll put the link to the book in the show notes. but it's essentially a book based on all of his talks his tweets his blog posts naval talks so heavily 
in one of the chapters in the book around the power of compounding, not just when it comes to wealth creation, but as you say, becoming 1% better every single day with relationships, those compound as well. It's really powerful. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, look, Emmanuel, I could probably spend all morning talking about these topics with you. It's been a real blast. We've covered everything from the future of the industry, the challenges around well-being and the co-location of teams in the future. And then obviously very importantly on the message AI journey, we've spoken there around the future of the sales tech stack and outbound. Where can people find out more about message AI? Where can they find out more about yourself? Easiest is to go to a website, www.mesg for message.ai or my email, emmanuel at mesg.ai. And Matt, thanks for running this show. It's amazing. And thanks for having me. Amazing. Emmanuel, I look forward to doing it again very soon and catch up again in the near future. Perfect. So thank you for listening to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast. At UHubs, we help businesses develop and upskill their teams. To see how you stack up against the industry's best, or to get marketing and sales tips from SaaS experts, check out uhubs.co.uk.